0: Ben Lawrence, Paul Goody. Hey, how's it going, buddy? I'm I call, good. How are you? I called you buddy, Ben. You called me buddy. I think that's the first time I've ever called you buddy. That's a <laughs> slightly <laughs> like in a, like in a friendly d- way, demeaning way to mention. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't go on Twitter and and note that we were doing this today.
1: Normally, I, I haven't retweet even your been thing, on Twitter, but. Yeah,
0: you didn't do it either.
1: Well, I mean, I tweeted at you, uh, so you have. Yeah. You, there's a new notification for you from me about today's show.
0: So this is um, check this out, right? This setup yeah. here, what this uh, professional, as they say in French, professional.
1: Yeah, I'd think it'd be professional if you didn't have um, insulation blankets just, you know, around <laughs> PVC pipe willy-nilly behind you.
0: Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, we, we can only do so much at, at one time. Uh, so here's yeah, the story. Steps, um, man. I don't think she minds me yeah. mentioning this. Uh, Jennifer Pratt, my wife, uh, who you may be familiar with.
1: Jennifer Pratt, Jennifer fact-checker.
0: She, uh, she no longer checks facts as much. It's because she's been uh, kind of busy, you know, doing other stuff and not listening to our podcast. But one of the things that she's been doing uh, is auditioning for reading audiobooks. And can I just say, she's reading some audiobooks. This is what uh, it's like she's
1: got. Th- did she get like a gig doing that, or so I don't want you say I wanna she's say reading anything. audiobooks and in, in that she's uh, auditioning.
0: Who knows for sure uh, anyone could say anything at this point. You know how when somebody has a baby and they don't tell you for like the first week or so or whatever. Like, uh, they I think keep it's longer that hush, than that. Hush hush for they, a
1: while. Pe- yeah. For so, a long while because, you know.
0: So who knows? Who knows what's happening because with reasons. Jennifer and that audiobook stuff So what
1: you're telling me is Jennifer is in her first trimester of audiobook reading
0: uh, that's that's a great way to put it and I'm sure she'll be very happy <laughs> that that's how we decided to mention it uh, but yeah I'm all looking right. forward to, to seeing how that works out how it goes
1: well be sure if she gets any if, if she does do that be sure to promote those books so we can all listen to her read books
0: Absolutely, I will and hey Ben you notice I, how there's very little delay between you and me talking?
1: Uh, okay. See now that there? long
0: pause. That was that was you thinking. That wasn't. That wasn't exactly. A, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You want it, You want to do the clap test to see? Uh, oh yeah, sure. To see how big? I think mean, you want to try to clap at the same time, or yeah, do I yeah, clap yeah. after I see you Three, clap? Okay. Two. One. Two. One.
0: Ah. Okay. So for me, that was right at the same time. This time.
1: Oh, it was. It was a, a beat after. Mine was a beat after yours. Mine. Yeah. Okay, well,
0: so last time yours was a beat after mine, so it looks like uh, whoever initiates is always...
1: Is always <laughs> whoever whoever yeah. smelt it, dealt it, is that... Uh... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The, so the um, clap test. Speaking about which, uh, so is, is Mr. McCandless on by any chance? I don't think so. Okay, because he had, he had asked me... Uh, well, I had just gotten a question mark from him. I believe that he tried to tried to go on, uh, and we weren't recording. And I told him that you were running late, but I didn't. I never texted him back to say that you were back on. So, um, sorry, Stephen. I I would text you, but I'm using my phone right now to to talk to Ben. So that's why.
1: If, if you I can, can text him v- yeah, via let, the the let show number. Oh, I haven't put that up yet. I got to I got to put the the phone number and the email address on the screen. There we oh, go. Oh, all right, all right. There we go. So, do Paul we have anyone watching or are we at to... zero viewers? Actually, he's uh he's texting me right now. Aha. Uh-huh. He says what? He says what? I'm watching.
0: Oh, all well right. there we go. Hey, Stephen. So, well, uh, I, one I of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, didn't uh, see him on uh, the stream. He sent me. Steven sent me a, uh, a link to AI Day. Uh, <laughs> Tesla yeah. was having. I'm I'm sure he might have sent is it that, to you as well, or I, not. Uh,
1: I don't. I don't think so. But is this where the uh, the human in a robot suit was dancing on stage?
0: Yeah, which I gotta say really bummed me out because I was like, finally we're there, but but then it was just a person. Cause they did a good job looking like a robot when they first walked out. And then at some point in time during the dancing, I was like, alright, alright. But I, I do want to say that I'm a little bit creeped out that there is a robot that can look so human that a person might be able to impersonate that. I never I never thought until that moment how spooky it is to the idea not a not a robot going crazy. But a person dressing like a robot and then getting to your house that way because you trust it because it's a robot.
1: But then I it's think a we're gonna have to have that reverse uh, captcha test where you're gonna have to click a box to prove you're not a human.
0: Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Get those people out of here is what I say. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a there was a guy on Twitter. I don't rem- not Twitter TikTok. Don't remember his name, but his his concern. And I think this is a very, very good concern, uh, is that people are going to be so abusive towards... Like, the way that we're already abusive towards customer service people, even oh, more so with robots. Meant... Like, like they're going oh. to be mad at them and attack them and all that stuff. So the like you're
1: somebody is, on the internet.
0: How much defensive capability are we going to give robots? Because if you're a company and you have this autonomous piece of machinery that costs however much you're going to want it to be able to protect itself how much being able to dodge that's that's a given right but should it be able to block if someone is swinging something there at it
1: there was a story about a, a company that was like putting an autonomous rover and they wanted it to drive from what like the east coast to the west coast and when it got to Philadelphia it got trashed okay. like people saw it and destroyed it so
0: this was actually uh not a rover it was a hitchhiking robot and the hitchhiking Something. robot you you actually it didn't really uh have any autonomy you picked it up and you took it with you and then it would record and show things and yeah it got trashed in philly still got trashed but in philly by
1: incorrect details aside the point is the same it you know people yeah. like are companies going to institute Asimov's rules for robots into their, like Boston Dynamics, they kick the crap out of their robot dogs all the time. Right. Are they going to build in a, a, a a safety feature so the robot cannot fight back?
0: I think they will put in a safety feature so the robot can't fight back, but they'll, they'll also institute fines that if, You know, it'll have cameras on it, and if you damage their property, they'll fine you for the robot.
1: That's what I think. I, you know, I think, I think there's a market for this, too. I think there's a market for robots that are built for you to beat up.
0: All right, so let's look at it this way, right? Uh, People who talk about the insurance that they buy for uh, car rentals, right? They buy the car rental insurance, and then they just, you know drive the crap out of the car and and like hit it and things. And they're like, what does it matter? I paid for the insurance. Maybe you will have robot insurance that covers, like a homeowner's insurance covers any damage that happens to robots when it gets to your house, for example. Because that's the thing is that these robots, in my opinion, having your own robot, probably not. But having a robot deliver your food, absolutely, absolutely, something that would happen. Yeah. You know, and would do you let it into your room or into your house, or do you just leave it on the front porch? Probably on the mm. front porch.
1: I think people, uh, people are terrible, and I think that uh, the the rate uh, with which uh, people destroy robots is going to be larger than robot manufacturers will expect. I think that's quite possible,
0: and and we're talking about it now. So, robot manufacturers, take a tip <laughs> from Goody Lawrence, get on that. Be careful. Uh, also, Stephen uh, Stephen uh, Wait, Ben. I think that Stephen is like the silent podcast participant. We we talk about him. He is our audience surrogate. He is our audience. So yeah. I will say I watched. Uh, a lot of it live, and I did not watch the recorded version of it. I just watched clips at that point. I I could not... I, I understand it's all interesting, but I, it did not hold my attention as much as I, it might have.
1: Yeah. I didn't watch any of it. I've only seen clips of the robot dance. Yeah, because but, when it came well, when it came out and, and Twitter just exploded with like uh, jokes about you know Elon Musk putting a, a dude in a robot outfit and kind of yeah. making fun of him for that. So
0: the autonomous car stuff was really interesting. It's it's really cool. I watched a good like 20, 30 minutes of it probably.
1: Um, I'm I'm all in on autonomous cars even though I love driving. Um, but I think that's how we get to. Uh, to personal airplanes to flying cars absolutely we've talked about this before it has to be all autonomous
0: and and i still i still think the 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 final step and they're going to get there eventually probably is that no one individual has their driving car and all the driving cars are a unit rather than each individual car making its decisions there's a brain that's outside of all the cars and it's figuring out how to move yeah. the cars.
1: It's like air traffic control. When you go from one city to the other, the Brit, you know, you, you leave this city's brain and you enter this city's brain. Exactly. That's right. Uh, um, uh, so actually yeah. uh, this just in from our one listener, apparently AI day was, uh, a recruiting pitch and not for the general audience, which I didn't know.
0: Oh, well that makes sense. Um, I have that it does. It does make sense. That's why they said if you're interested in this stuff, we'd love for you to join us. Makes a lot <laughs> more sense now. Yeah, um, I didn't
1: see that part. I just saw the dancing robot. Yeah, and thought I don't. It pretty silly. I
0: honestly don't know if number one, I I don't I don't see myself as having the skills that uh, Tesla wants. That's number one, and number two, I don't think my, my home life would really work. And if I have to choose between Elon Musk and Jennifer, I'd choose Jennifer every single time. So,
1: glad you said the right she name.
0: Does not like him. Uh, has problems with him.
1: <laughs> as we all know, a lot to. of people got problems with him. Yeah, I. Uh, so I, I was watching TV late when I. I'm, I have two episodes left of the Good Place. Oh, almost called yeah. it a Good Place. I have two episodes left. I probably won't be able to get to them tonight, but maybe tomorrow. Um, but I—I I was my my late night. I don't want to think about TV, but I'm not ready to go to bed yet. TV mm-hmm. are these car shows on Netflix? One is called—I think it's called uh, Car Masters: Rust to Riches, and it's about—it's about—it's about this uh, garage, probably in California, called Gotham Garage. And they have a mechanic there who they call Caveman. And Paul, I think you would, have, I think you you wouldn't disagree with me if you saw the show that you bear a striking resemblance to the character on this show they call Caveman.
0: Ben, I've been meaning to tell you this for some time because I know that you're interested in cars. I, for the longest time, have been on this Netflix show called Ah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, whoop! Sorry, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Hey, you swore on the stream. I forgot uh, the name of the show. I was going to say the name of the show and be like, uh, you know, I'm not Caveman, of course. Caveman is my character. And (laughs) I don't know anything about cars. They feed me everything that I say on that
1: show. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens to every person on these car shows. Oh, yeah. There's an actual crew behind that's not on camera that actually does the work.
0: Um, no, but I I am not doing that. I I honestly think that if if people would pay me to do that, I would do it probably. I like I like to the work that I'm doing to be, now. To pre- I find it uh, fulfilling. Finally, I, here's the thing that I like about about people think that I like work where I I can prove that I'm smart by knowing things. It's not true I like doing work where I can prove that I'm smart by not knowing things and then knowing them the, the the process of figuring something out it it helps if no one else knows about it too if I'm the one that finally figures <laughs> out what's going on that's what I that's what I really like
1: you figure something out and you're like
0: first yeah exactly if if everybody else knows and I'm catching up I hate it there's that's not that's not for me that's not the the job that I want but if nobody knows anything this is what I keep telling them give me the job that no one understands and then I'll do fine if you give me a job that someone else can do better you're going to be disappointed and so far it's worked out pretty well for me
1: that was kind of what I hated about being a temp which was uh the somebody spent just as much or more time setting up a task yeah. that they could have just as easily accomplished in less time,
0: and they know this as well, right? People say, yeah. "I need more time." They say, "Okay, we'll hire you a temp." Doesn't help. Um, yeah. In my in my professional life, onboarding someone to help you actually doubles the time that it normally takes you to do stuff. But after that person is onboarded, then you're then you're actually saving time again. Yeah, you just have to build that time in that onboarding time is what I've
1: just. Yeah, people got to get up to speed. I mean, that's you know they say in job uh, in job applications or job postings, like you you need to have so many you know hours or years of this coding language, so many hours or years of this skill, you know these qualifications. And a lot that scares off a lot of job prospects because they're like, well, how do, how am I supposed to get all of that? I'm just entering the job market, but uh, I I actually read where a, uh, a an HR you know somebody who claimed to be an HR professional on the internet, but they what they said seemed pretty reasonable. That you know those are just like those are just like the the the, the wishes of the of the people who are doing the hiring. Those aren't the roadblocks. Those are just like you know if if you don't have this qualification, but you're, you show a willingness to get this qualification, you're not necessarily eliminated from the job pool.
0: Yeah. I can say, uh, I have in the past been on hiring teams for people and lots of times. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're hoping that you get the person that fits the actual things that you want, but you consider every application that actually makes it through the system. And look at yeah. it and go. Can I work with this person? I have been lucky in that the people that get hired, uh, like I'll, I'll make bets, right? I'll I'll gamble a little bit and be like, okay, this person doesn't have this skill, but just because, like, I usually what I do is I ask questions that let me know whether or not they have the mindset where they will be able to learn this skill that I need them to have. And if they do, yeah. lots of times I will, uh, I will put them ahead of people who do have that skill, but but are deficient in other areas, especially um, if if the person that I'm that I'm working with doesn't. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll tell you just in general, and I think you'll agree with me on this. If you get the impression that the person that you're hiring will not do anything until you tell them to do it and will sit around and wait and when you say, why isn't this done? They're like, well, I had a problem with this and I wasn't sure how to continue, so I just stopped working. If you yeah. get that impression, I I will hire someone who's like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm willing to learn nine times <clears throat> out of ten because... That, the motivation to actually do things is so important.
1: Welcome to the Goody Lawrence podcast on how to get a job. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, right? Who who
0: tunes (laughs) into this for that? Let me talk to you about Public Freakout again, Ben. I've started watching it again on Reddit. (laughs) Uh, I saw the most boring clip on Public Freakout that I've ever seen. The most boring
1: Public Freakout?
0: Yep. But I, I because it wasn't really a public, okay, this is the problem. and you'll you'll go with me on this. I think reddit channels. people gotta learn what the reddit channels actually like if you have something called public freakout, and I, I love this so much, but you can have you can have in public freakout, there's a clip where a guy has his hand on a board. And he's holding a nail. So the point of the nail is in his palm. And his, his fingers are around the base of the nail. And he's got a hammer. And he just hammers the nail into his own palm and screams. And someone will put, this is not appropriate for this sub. That was not public. He's downstairs in his basement. And I love those people. because
1: That's why subreddits have rules.
0: They have their eyes on the prize. Don't put the wrong thing in the wrong subreddit. In this case, I don't think that there was an actual freakout. There were people who were arguing, but there wasn't an actual freakout. Uh, I shared this with Stephen. Actually, it was people in a county in Washington, your state, who were holding a uh, you know a meeting for the county, and one of the members wasn't wearing a mask, and. Other people were saying that the meeting would not be considered legal because he wasn't wearing a mask. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm doing this as a protest. I, I, this is civil disobedience and I'm still doing it. And so I think it will be legal. And this lawyer who and the concessions that these folks were making. Because, you know, this is a public meeting. They want to get reelected, all that kind of stuff. They're like, look, I hate these masks, too. I'm right with you, buddy. But, you know, the law says that we have to wear these masks. And so I'm wearing it because and and the other guy's like, well, you should take it off and join me in our, you know, fight against tyranny and all this kind of stuff. But the (laughs) thing that was great and the reason I sent it to Stephen, I don't know. I, I have no idea if you watched it or not. I mean, like I said, it, it, it is it is boring. But the guy who was the lawyer, who was there going, you know, I looked at all the ordinances and, and you can do... I mean, we've got plenty of, of ways that we can fight this and we can do all this. If, if we hold this meeting and we are not wearing masks, this meeting is not legal... <coughs> And the thing that he said that I thought was really interesting is, if anyone's here for land use, and they're trying to get a permit, and they get a permit when this is an illegal meeting with a guy who's not wearing a mask, that permit will not be valid. And I am trying to keep it so that when we get sued by the state, that we aren't found liable. And so we have to have this... and. There's a guy who's you know, and this is the, I guess the public freakout point. There's a guy in the back who's like, who's like, you suck! I can't believe that we're doing it. And he would go, <laughs> I'm talking right now. We and the guy's like, I'm sorry. I respect everything you say. I just get a little emotional. I apologize. You're saying a lot of really good stuff. Please continue. So he'd start talking again. And the guy would be like, that's a lot of bull! You don't know what you're talking about! You should all be fired! You're traitors! And the guy would like, you please shut... And he's like, I understand completely. Thank you for once again pointing out that I was being disruptive. I apologize. Please continue... Like, it was crazy.
1: What a... What a but, pendulum of emotions that is.
0: One of the guys left and said he would not participate in the illegal meeting uh the other thing that i liked a lot is that the sheriff came up and the sheriff took his mask off first of all he's like i'm taking my mask off so that everyone can hear me and everyone laughed and like clapped and he was like so i think the way that we do this because the public has a right to be heard i think we had the public come up here and speak first and then you know you can do whatever you want to. Now, it, it they're they're right that it's it's not a law, it's a mandate, and technically, if the law enforcement official wants to arrest you for violating the mandate, they can, but I'm the guy in charge, so don't worry, that's not gonna happen. Let's just have a nice orderly thing. Don't cross that line, cuz I wouldn't want to arrest you, so let's just go ahead and do it. And then when he leaves, and everyone claps, and then when he leaves, the guy's like, I just want to remind you that having people come up and do this, and then doing our official business, the sheriff might have said that, still doesn't make this a legal meeting, (laughs) this is still an illegal meeting, and everyone boos that guy. (laughs) It was, I, I was... Sheriff knows
1: his audience, man.
0: Yeah, the share, the, and that's the thing is that Ben, if it were you and I, and if we were at Annex, and if we were still doing spin the bottle, we would do a whole thing at the <laughs> beginning of the show, and it, and I got I I saw it in my head. Hi there. So I'm the fire marshal. Just want to let you all know. Uh, we've got to keep these exits clear. Because you know, if there's a fire, you can't sit by the exits. And if the fire marshal sees you do it. <laughs> Someone's gonna get in trouble, and then just sit by the fire exit smoking, going. But who knows? I mean, <laughs> we all like to have a good time, right? <laughs> and like, <laughs> be be the fire marshal throughout the entire show, uh, as as the cool guy that wants everyone to like him. Uh, yeah, it was it was nice though. But I, I do. I do want to bring up the other thing that I saw a lot of, which are uh, the milk crate challenge people. Have you seen the milk crate challenge, Ben?
1: Yeah, I have. I've seen the milk crate challenges. Okay, but have you seen the people who are arguing that the milk crate challenges are
0: things that that the CIA is leaving the milk crates so that people in the inner city hurt themselves and it's a way to
1: that's an interesting point you bring up because i wasn't going to mention it but the the three milk crate challenges that i of this compilation that i watched are all people of color so
0: so the person who had this hypothesis was a person of color And they were saying it kind of tongue in cheek because, you know, the idea we've we've now we've now learned about uh, spoilers for the United States of America. But that the idea that crack was introduced into inner city neighborhoods by I believe it was the CIA, but by a a law enforcement agency
1: like during the Nixon administration
0: to I believe it was during the Reagan administration, I want to say. But I either way to hurt that community it has come to light and I, you know, this is hey, fact check us because we don't do any research, but I I if I'm not mistaken it has come to light that that is an actual thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, so this this person is equating the two things, but but it it was it was, again, tongue-in-cheek, but used to highlight the fact that these sorts of things did happen to inner-city neighborhoods and communities. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, and that's that's one of the reasons why uh, the African-American community has a very large vaccine hesitancy percentage, because the, they are very rightfully so very suspicious of the U.S. government.
0: This is a great thing to talk about, because uh, someone... Again, this is uh, this is on far left uh, TikTok that I saw this. Someone was talking about that, about how, you know, uh, Native American tribes, inner city leaders, things like that, they've been working overtime trying to make sure that their folks get vaccinated. And it's because yeah. of this large mistrust. I mean, they the last like few years more and more information about the fact that yes there were there were studies done on people in the united states on us citizens you know uh on prisoners on you know uh like dangerous drugs and and diseases left unchecked to see what they would do to people stuff like that many people have known about it, but for the longest time, again, they were thought of as conspiracy theories rather than as truth. And the truth has come out recently. Uh, the, the point that, that this person was making is, uh, why are these vaccines, which do cost money? Why are these vaccines free and not, you know, Medicare for all is not something that people are pursuing, all that kind of thing. Um, and yeah. and the point is Why they, is the
1: government being so nice? The yes. A little exactly. too nice. And the point
0: they were making is that that um it is easy to think that this is something that they're doing, right? That they're planning on doing to the community. Like it's not actually a vaccine, it's something that's gonna hurt them, or whatever. And what this person brought up is that what it actually is, if you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and you should, in their opinion, is that the people in charge, the the rich folks who run the country, understand that by vaccinating everyone, they are protecting their own interests. They're protecting their own health. So that's why they're doing it. And the fact that this is backfiring, because yeah. you've got all these folks who aren't doing it. You know, you've heard the stories already. Uh, this is, as as we've mentioned before, sort of a time capsule of what it's like. Um, right now, we are uh, in 2021. It's uh, August. What is it? Uh,
1: 26?
0: 26th? Yeah. Yeah.
1: This we will go have, out on the 29th, I believe.
0: There are reports that people who are having... 30th. Various medical issues that normally they would be hospitalized for are being sent home because there aren't any beds, because they're all filled up with COVID patients. That's a thing. Uh, and, and the fact is that we were way low... Uh, at least in Illinois, we were way low for a while, and now we're back up to where we were last year,
1: around this time. Way low infection rate? Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's actually, our- there, there's a city in Florida that had to limit, or that had to ask its citizens to limit their use of the city water because they ran out of, I think it's liquid oxygen, that they use to clean the water. Mm. And you know, Stephen, you can talk more about this in the comments. There's a, the 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 rate at which the U.S. is sending rockets into space has decreased because the the um, availability of liquid oxygen is, uh, is is has been drastically reduced because of people who have decided not to get the vaccine who are now hospitalized.
0: There is at least one. <clears throat> eight-year-old boy who has died of COVID now that has been on the news recently, people who are anti-vax are now taking some sort of horse dewormer?
1: Yeah, which is... that's a thing, too. The Ivervectin Challenge or whatever it's called. And
0: and some people have mentioned that it's not just for horses. It's also for sheep, which I think is funny, and people. <laughs> there, there, There is a people version of it, too, as well apparently so here's
1: my here's my i know very little about this discussion of what what the ivervectin thing is yeah it it apparently is an antiviral and you can get like a human version of this antiviral drug but like in mexico right but what the people are buying are the supplies at their local veterinary shop and the the standards for uh, medicine for farm animals is a lot less strict than it is for humans. And And so it's a very different drug.
0: That I find incredible about the anti-vaccination movement. And that's that uh, COVID isn't real. And also we're going to take this horse dewormer for the thing that isn't yeah. real it's like it, it was like even beforehand right uh, this COVID is blown out of proportion uh it's no worse than the flu and also china did it like how yeah, those
1: two things exactly. you can't have yeah, it both ways
0: uh, this uh, no no worse than the flu and china did it to kill all of the americans with their rocket you know or <clears throat> whatever it's you yeah. you're all over the place folks and I know the... Ben that you being my friend for so long uh are like well Paul yeah it is strange what crazy things people will say at some point <laughs> I I understand that me demonstrating or presenting myself as being this rational person is a little no, but I mean disingenuous. There's, at le-
1: there's at least some consistency to your type of craziness Paul
0: oh thank you Ben I appreciate that um, so here's here's my crazy take on all of this. Um, Do it. I I I I put this on a TikTok, but I was not explicit with it. I was very vague in general because TikTok has this thing, I'm sure you know about it, where the way that they moderate is that if they receive too many complaints, they take your thing down, and then you can appeal. And yeah. so they take it down first, without even looking right. at it. And so I'm trying to... I I tried my best to be vague enough that people didn't know that I was talking about them. Because if they know that I'm talking about them, they might get mad. But here we go. This is the basic thing. Uh, Anti-mask, anti-vaccine is, at the very last of it, right, a self-destructive act. You You are spreading this. You are giving it to other people and all that. But you are also putting yourself in danger. You, you are, in fact, opening yourself up for this. And so when people say, well, it's about personal freedoms, I'm not scared, all that kind of stuff. As a kid, I had a hard time figuring out why people did what they did. And the reason I had a hard time figuring it out, and you hear this about, you know, kids with autism and stuff like that. Oh, I don't understand sarcasm. Oh, I don't. People lie all the time. This is what it is. They lie all the time about their motivations for doing things. Oh, well, I did this because blank. They didn't really do it because blank. They're telling themselves they did it because blank, but it's actually another reason. The same right. thing. Oh, I was just being sarcastic. Well, they were being sarcastic, but they also meant it. And so once you get past that, once you realize that everyone is lying to you all the time, two things happen. You get paranoid, uh, which is a problem, but also, too, you start to see what's behind the stuff that the people themselves may not uh, see. So when you look at the anti-vaccination, anti mass people, even though it's not 100%, and this is anecdotal, a lot of white people, lot a lot of middle-class boomer and late
1: Gen X white people. I believe the internet calls them Karens.
0: A lot of Karens. This is exactly right. And what we're basically seeing, and the, uh, surprisingly enough, or non surprisingly enough, a lot of people who voted for uh, the last president. Yeah. Uh, and and what did the last president do? What did what did what did they do? They dismantled a lot of the infrastructure of the United States. Uh, burnt up a lot of the goodwill between uh, a lot of the the steps that were that were made uh for for race relations in the united states a lot of a lot of breaking down of the system making the system not work uh ruining things all that sort of all that sort and of just
1: stuff. being all an all around unpleasant individual so that that happens and then
0: also now this self-destructive thing with uh no vaccines no masks taking medicine that makes them poop themselves uh all
1: this because crazy. somebody on a certain news channel told them to.
0: Right. All of what all of this has, in my opinion, a common core. And that's that these are all people who are losing their position in their community, in society, uh, you know, decreasing the white population. Uh, you know, LGBT rights. LGP LGBT, LGBTQA
1: I think. Rights. LGBTQIA plus. If you want to get everything in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. LGBT... do it again. God damn it. L- this is, <laughs> LGBT
1: sorry, LGBTQIA plus.
0: LGBTQIA plus. Rights. And, and also just uh, mainstream acceptability on the rise. Uh, all of a sudden, not everyone on a TV program is a white person. Characters that they're used to seeing as white people suddenly aren't. Things that they complain about are now mocked. You know, they're seeing this, this world that they grew up in of the people who grew up in this world where white people were on top and they could get away with, you know, anything. They're seeing that go away. They're seeing a leveling in society, and they don't like it. And they are willing to destroy the current system rather than. If I lose can't their place have it nobody, it,
1: nobody can.
0: Exactly, and that I think is why we're seeing this self-destructive behavior. They are. They are yeah. right now, as we speak, again, this comes from watching Public Freakout. I realize that I have a skewed view of the world because of this. But they're, <laughs> they're going to meetings and they are talking to their elected officials and they are threatening that they're there, the The person speaking is there, because all of their friends with guns are too mad to talk to them. And they're just waiting for a signal. That kind of thing. <sighs>
1: there i mean it, and it would and i'm going to be a little insensitive here but i would be more i would be a little bit more sympathetic to the people who are poisoning themselves with horse dewormer and uh, and making themselves sick because they didn't think covid was real if they weren't like you know what hillary clinton called the deplorables if they weren't people who just have a very skewed sense of what uh, the united states is anyway yeah
0: and one of the, one of the things that I saw just recently that I liked a lot was a member of the United States military talking to someone who was like, where, where are you military? Why aren't you protecting us? I saw that. You might've seen it.
1: I have seen that. Yeah. I saw it this morning, actually. Patton Oswald retweeted it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and, and. As a, as a former member of the United States military, as soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, you, if you're talking to me as a member of the U S military and asking me where I am, because if I'm not going to do something, you're going to go ahead and get some guns and make changes yourself. Yeah. My first thought is, well, great. It looks like I may get deployed there. I don't yeah. I don't want to be deployed inside the US. There's some there's some benefits to it, but but no one no service members do not in general like the idea of having to police US citizens. I could be wrong. Someone might write back and say, "No, I dig it. I think it's really cool."
1: But in well, general, I think- yeah, no, I, I I think you're right. And this, this person's post essentially was, if you take up arms against U.S. citizens, you're taking up arms against the U.S. military, and you will not win that fight. Exactly.
0: And it's absolutely true. We don't... We don't appreciate... It's funny. People love the troops until the troops aren't... It's... It's like watching people who are really good at roasting people on Twitter, right? Just, uh, just brutal, brutal, brutal takedowns, and it's great. And you're watching. You're like, yeah, roast them, get them, until they go after something that you like, and then it's like, what? Why? No. And leave and Britney feelings, alone. Your feelings get hurt. You know you. You're like, but but no, not my thing. Not my my thing is good. Why are you so, why are you so bad on me now? That I don't like that. Yeah. The 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 concept of the military versus, and this is the thing that that I I keep coming back to because I know the mindset. The militia folks believe that when it came down to it the military would be on their side and the thing is having having at least when i served which was a while back there are some people that would be on their side yeah and in general those people are disliked by the rest of the people that are there
1: and well that's good to hear i suppose
0: and i again i could be i could be 100% wrong about this but the difference between you and your unit uh, in my case it would be a, a in the air force it's a flight the the dynamic between those folks especially after you know you've you've been training together and doing stuff and all that and your your friends back home if your friends back home wanted you to do something against your flight or your unit or whatever. I don't know what kind of like crazy you would have to be to do it, but it it's, it's like,
1: I'm guessing that sort of crazy exists, but I'm hoping that percent, the percentage of that crazy is very small within the U.S. military.
0: Yeah. The way I would think about it is this, like, you know how, you know how someone breaks up with their girlfriend for a, a short period of time and they're complaining about them and you're like, huh, I can, I might want to commiserate with this person, but I don't want to say anything too bad because they might be back with them. Yeah, And so you're very cautious about that's how, if I were, if I were an insurgent group, that's how I would think about the US military when talking to my friend who is in a mili- who is in the military who's disgruntled. Yeah, yeah, when you're sitting around this table with us in my mom's basement and we're talking about how bad the military is, that's great. The minute you're back on base, all of that, you're you're a different person. I don't know. It's it's a concern that I have. About what this next couple, these next couple of years are going to be like, because I, I don't think it's going to get better. I think, and and the the one other thing that I I caution about is that as as a member of the white cis male group, right? If you want to be on the right side of history, and it's difficult to conceive of this because people don't like to people like to think about who they think they are rather than who they are sometimes right you have to get right with the idea that and i think ben you already are so i'm not talking about you i'm talking about and i'm not talking about steven either i'm talking about people who don't think about this because uh steven rightfully has called me out on things that i've said when I've tried to both sides it here on this program. Uh, So I know that his mind is in the right place. Um, You have to get used to the fact that you have been living a privileged life all this time. And in order for equality to happen, you are going to be uncomfortable sometimes. There are going to be times when a conversation is happening and you aren't the person that people care about the most in the conversation. You're going to have to u- be used to walking into a room and not having people be like, Oh, hi, sir. How's it going? What can I get for you? All this, all this stuff that our parents are used to and that, you know, the generation before us just had happen for them. You have to get used to the idea of that's actually a little effed up and not seek that and actually be okay with uh, this isn't even my thing. I'm I'm not... All these decisions that are being made over here, I, no one cares what I think, and I shouldn't <laughs> even suggest what should happen. Right. I should just be quiet and do whatever I can to help the people that are actually making the decisions who will not be me. As long as you get in that sort of mindset, I think this will be fine. But what's going to happen is that people... That normally, you know, who are all for equality, as long as it's an idea of something that could happen. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. and 100%. They're going to start selling people out and go running for the thing that makes them feel all warm, safe, and important, which is white supremacy. So, that's the concern I have for the next, like, like two years or so. Is that... There will be a splintering Go- of friend groups.
1: Go ahead. Sorry, that's probably. You don't think that's already happened, though? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think. I think so many people I know are cutting out people in their lives um, because a they voted for the previous president, or b they are you know they're, they're an anti-vax person, anti-coronavirus vax. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not going to say once a day, but it's uh, very often. I see somebody post on Facebook saying, "Well, had to cut ties with a certain friend of mine because of XYZ. I saw I saw um, uh, you know a twenty twenty four sticker, a campaign sticker for yeah. the previous president, in a on a truck. Uh, of course, it's a truck, but in downtown Seattle this morning. Yeah.
0: The thing, so uh, it's out there. This it's is, coming. This is the important thing, uh, and and this is why I I I want to reiterate this. It's gonna be it's going to be a, like it's going to be a, a tighter cut if that makes sense it's going to be people who are like well i do think that this is an important issue but i don't like the way that they're going about protesting it it's going to be milk toast it's going to be uh, middle of the road people right now the far right extremists that you know in your family and all that cutting ties with them is not not hard it's not yeah. a big thing, but if someone is, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about like the Medicare for all thing, right? Eventually there's going to be someone that, you know, who is going to not just say, Oh, this isn't feasible. Cause right now the, the thing is it isn't feasible. There's no way that this can work. You know, there aren't enough votes. It'll never get passed and all that. If we ever get to the point where it is feasible and there will be enough votes and all that people who are now allied with with that idea, because I think this is something you believe in. Right. I would say Medicare for all you. are Me- Medicare it. for all. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm all for it.
0: There are going to be people who like the idea of Medicare for all up until the point that it actually becomes a possibility who will then all of a sudden bulk at it and cut ties and move to the center rather than being on the left with that it may have already happened i don't know but i've i've run into that a couple of times you see it most mostly in election years when it's between you know the far left candidate and the center candidate people run to the center candidate and like the left candidate isn't feasible and all that It not being feasible, the Overton window is at the place right now where that is true. As soon as it becomes more of a possibility, there's going to be a split. There's going to be a fraction. Because at some point, the folks that are on the far left are going to be like, we don't need centrists anymore. We have enough people now that we can actually push for the agendas that we want. And some of our centrist friends are not going to be on board for it.
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking about this today, and I was wondering what the chances were in my lifetime. And granted, I only probably got about forty more good years left on this planet. Wow, uh, which is, uh, which I, is I've got
0: less. I'm, I'm, <laughs> which is, I'm if I get if I get forty more years, I'll be excited, or really in pain. I don't know which.
1: <laughs> anyway, so it's not it's it's not a long time as far as government moves. But I wouldn't be surprised if in my lifetime I saw. The United States fracture into multiple nations. Ooh, boy.
0: Yeah, I wasn't thinking that. Um, but, I mean, possibly. The big part, we... the big issue, I guess, is that if it does that, it's going to be tricky. Because, like, because okay. it's not, I'll it's give not you an region. Example. The where I live right now, right, yeah. would probably end up wherever Missouri goes rather than Illinois. Because we're right across the river. We, we have St. Louis merchandise in all of our stores. The people around here think of themselves as St. Louisans, not as Chicago folk. You know, so that's, so that's one thing that makes me a little nervous about that. But then the other thing is, you've seen this before, islands of blue and seas of red. That's what...
1: Yeah, but those islands, though geographically are smaller by people are bigger. Right, I so mean, that's what I'm seen, asking. You... When it
0: when it fractures into multiple states, what happens? You know, are there city-states versus, you know, rural bands of Mad Max kind of I think what... I
1: think after a after a war lines will be drawn and people will be moving to yeah. where they want to live. Going I... back to your centrist though and I have you know, I think I've yeah. said this before. We've said this before. Um uh, Steven mentioned that we know we don't have centrists. What our centrists are are what Republicans used to be. Yeah, it's a very good point. Which is maddeningly frustrating.
0: Yeah, and this is something that I mean. One thing that that I hear sometimes, uh, especially from from uh, my uh, the people of color that I I know and talk with a lot, is that older generation like African American voters would be more conservative they would vote more conservatively if there wasn't so much racism in the Republican yeah. party yeah and and I think about that a lot I think about how how that might be a weird flip that happens as well that that we we start getting the Republican Party starts cutting the the white supremacy out for a more conservative bent, you know, of, of a more multinational conservative, multinational, multi-ethnic conservative.
1: At uh, one point during the end of uh, the previous presidency, and I appreciate that we're avoiding saying his name on the show. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> um, they were they were talking about how th- it was going to be the party of him, right? So the Republican Party yeah. was going to split, and yeah. it was going to be his party. And I was actually kind of all for that because that would mean that would give the Republican block less voting power, and Democrats would be able to eat easily more win, easily win more elections uh, because you have these two Republican-ish like the centrists. And the, uh, the far-right party fighting against each other. Theoretically, right, fact, I felt that that would be a good thing, but who knows in practice if that would work. And, and let's call it, let's say this might
0: be what happens. Uh, the, that group, right, goes off all the white supremacy... Um, white supremacy presenting, <laughs> if we can say. Politicians, go there. Right, that's a. The ones who actually admitted it. Um, and then what used to be the Democratic Party becomes the the right party. You know, you see the corporate stuff and all that, but they're all yeah they're all still you know happy and cool and gay rights are good and all that. And then the far left becomes people who really are like. Like unionists and communists and things like that, so that yeah. becomes the new dynamic in the U.S. I could see that happening, and and all of a sudden, you know, you get what happened with the labor party in the U.K., where it's like, well, you know, the far left has a lot of of racist union guys in it, and they're not they're not for equality like we are here on the corporate rainbow coalition thing. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. And you and I are going to have a hard time navigating it probably, Uh, but we'll be old. So it won't matter as much.
1: Yeah. Fortunately, I don't really care about positions of power or status, social status. So maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not like my white brethren in that regard.
0: Um, being artists is weird, right? I mean, yeah, honestly. And I think that you, I think you would go with me on this. If there was UBI and we could do whatever we wanted, I think that most likely you and I would live in the same state and we'd we'd do theater stuff. You know, and that would be it. Um, But people find it more useful to have us do, you know, whatever else we do instead, none of which is great. I mean, you know, I... I enjoy what I'm doing in as much as I am a messy person who loves drama. You know, so in in that way, I find it intriguing. But in general, uh, I I just want to make and this is again, we go back to the idea I was about to say, I just want to make people happy. My old adage, if you just want to make people happy, get a pickup truck and help people move every weekend. You'll make tons <laughs> of people happy. And uh, it's not it's I not learned bad... that
1: when I had a pickup truck.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, I, I, I use you as an example, Ben. You bring, you bring joy to people when you help them with their <laughs> menial tasks. Yep. Uh, and so if you if you want to draw fun pictures and tell goofy stories and all that just to make people happy you can do that, but really there's more to it than just wanting to make people happy because the, the, the way to make people happy is a lot simpler. And, you know, I, I do think about doing it sometimes, but I hate lifting things. So (laughs) it's tough. I still remember shout out to Chris Dietz. Uh, when, when I was moving stuff, uh, or when I was moving house, uh, going to Ballard uh you and Chris Dietz and Rick Miller all helped me move at one point in time and Chris Dietz I was like I'll I'll come move move things in a second Chris just went he's not gonna move anything just a resigned (laughs) that's not gonna happen and and he was right uh Now, I I think I am a person now that would help move. I really do. Uh, Especially if it was me that people were helping move. I think I would help out. At least a little bit. But uh, once again, shout out to Ben Lawrence, best person in the world. helped me move uh, by cleaning out my entire house and putting it into two pods. And moving them across the country to me. Ben,
1: thank you again. If you wanna if you wanna hear about a a, a person whose whose attributes are more stellar than that, um so there was a day where we were like loading the rest of the house out, like into like to go to goodwill, or it was like the final push to get the house emptied. And I put a call out on Facebook. I'm like, you know, if you know, if you're around and you can help, please help. <clears throat> and Bill Murray, you remember Bill Murray? Bill
0: Murray, yeah.
1: Yeah. So Bill Murray, actually, he, like, forwarded that, forwarded that to, like, a lawyer friend of his who d- doesn't know you, doesn't know me, but he's like, my friend is going to come help you out. And, indeed, this guy showed up, not knowing anybody, and helped carry stuff from the house to these trucks. And I'm like, what, dude. Yeah. Have I heard about this before? This seems like the first time I've heard I- about it. I don't know if I ever uh, mentioned it, but yeah, that happened. His name can, is Takao Yamada, and he's uh, he's a stand-up dude. Can can you get his information? I can. I only I like I friended him on Facebook. That's the only info I got. Because
0: I would like to send him a thank you note,
1: <laughs> an actual
0: handwritten thank you note.
1: After all these years. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be great. I will it's, see what I can do. All right, all right. And in fact, maybe I'll write
0: it uh, on the podcast. Won't that be fun? <laughs> Listening to me write a letter, and you'll on, be able to listen to that next week. Hey, I think we did a great job. This is—I yeah. I love this setup. I feel the, the <laughs> professionalism of having this up it's, here. I don't know. I don't it know. Does, does,
1: it does evoke somebody who has spent money on a microphone. Exactly. Yes. Uh,
0: and and the. The, yeah, the funny thing is that the microphone had already been bought. It's just the screen that's
1: uh, it's the, the purchased <laughs> I got, like, item. three, All right, three of those just hanging out in the office. All right, Paul. Thanks for
0: talking to me. And, uh, yeah, hey, ben, until to until next time,
1: keep it wrong. Keep it wrong, Paul. I'll talk to you next week.
0: Talk to you next week. And oh, room tone.
1: Turn that off. Turn that off.